Here we go. Doc Talk time with Dr. Jenna Burton and me, James Pikeway. And we are going to be solving the mysteries of the body verse today. How do you like that? The body verse. Is there such thing as that? Or did I just invent a word? I think I invented a word. <laughs> well done, James. It'll take five years to reach the English dictionary. That's it. They're going to say, who, who's, who started with that term? They're going to be they're scouring the, the web blogs and, and all sorts of things. And they're going to happen upon this podcast. And they're going to go say, there it is, the body verse. Not to be it's confused with a Rolling Stones song. But, you know. <laughs> Jenna, how are you doing? What's the, I'm all right, thanks, James. I have no idea what the Rolling Stone song is, but I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well. It's uh, it's it's an interesting one. Just as a side note, I posted up yesterday on Instagram a little photo, sitting over on a, a bench at the Anantara, just enjoying a, a humid afternoon, but it's it's clearly getting a little cooler. And I wrote in the caption of this photo, looking forward to winter, and got a barrage a total barrage of responses, some of them not so pleasant, from people back in Canada going, only could be written by someone who doesn't have snow in the winter. <laughs> oh gosh, if I had snow, I'd be really looking forward to winter. You see, see that's, that's for me, I, I, I went back, we went back last year for for christmas and, and hey and your photographs they look cold yeah and we, we had a little bit of snow cold. and honestly that was enough snow it was great to leave the snow so uh i don't know i think if you live in snow for a long time you kind of i mean winter sports are nice but it wears on you <laughs> yeah as british people we can't really talk about snow because we get it once every three four years and it's a huge novelty yeah. but i I do appreciate we get one really great day of snow and it's like so much fun. Everyone's outside. Everyone's offering each other hot soup. But then the next day it's like sludge or ice. Um, And whenever I worked in hospitals, we get everyone with broken legs and broken limbs because we're not not set up for snow. So I appreciate it's still a novelty really for me. But for you, it's yeah, it's snow. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's get started because we're, we're not talking about hips. We're not talking about falling. We're not talking about snow. We're talking stem cells today. And I got to say, as soon as someone mentions the word stem cell, stem cell research, T cells, stem cells, my mind starts going. It's just like my eyes open up. And if you're looking, watching this on YouTube and you're watching the video, you'll see I've got these giant eyes. They, they, in my mind, I start thinking ethics and I start thinking about, I start thinking about Frankenstein science and I start thinking about you, uh, all sorts of things that are clearly not good. And I just shut down the whole idea of stem cell, stem cell therapy, stem cell, anything. It's just like, yeah, we're not going near there. But I might be overreacting. Well, first of all, James, the fact that you have this overreaction to stem cells clearly suggests that you were not listening when we talked about stem cells years ago with Dr. John George. Because you were fascinated, but you've clearly not learned anything from it. So this is actually stem cell round two so this is actually our second podcast on stem cells oh, and we talked a number of years ago about orthopedic use etc and what they were and gave a, an, an overview but it was quite a narrow overview well, more I, with an orthopedic function and i do remember him talking about the regrowth yeah, yeah. in knees and and how how fast stem cells aid the recovery 
Now, I was listening to that and going, he's talking about footballers because he was really, you know, and it seemed because of, in, in a sense, the prohibitive cost. I mean, it's not that it's prohibitive, but it's a huge investment in that, especially when we talked about that a few years ago. I, I, I always think that for the average mortal like myself, it's, it's out of reach. It's just not something I want to venture into. But... Things change really quick in the world of medicine, and I think, as we as we talked about with John George, just general knowledge, we get caught up in Dr. Google, and we don't go any further to do any investigation. And, and you, you've got a whole different take on things. Well, so let's talk a little bit about what are stem cells, yeah. and you talked about them being out of reach. They are, it is still an expensive mode of treatment, so let's put it like that. It's coming down, but it's still expensive. Stem cells are what every cell started out as, so any cell that you have in your body has kind of originated from a stem cell, so stem cells start to differentiate, and they then become the cells that you need, whether they're going to be blood cells, whether they're going to be cells for the joints in your knee, the ligaments, We've all, all of us have already come from stem cells. And the reason that there's such a huge ethical debate is because years ago we used to talk an awful lot about a particular type of stem cell that came from embryonic cells. So these were egg and sperm have met, they've been fertilized. So some people believe this to be a life. And they would then get curated into making cells to maybe help somebody regenerate bone marrow. They had maybe a lymphoma or um, a leukemia. So they had a, a blood uh, disorder that was uh, cancer driven like an oncology problem and, and you could help cure that person by driving these embryonic stem cells which people again declared as a life to then fixing that problem and curing that person how can you take one life sacrifice one life and give it to another and that's where all this ethics has come from however as we've moved down the time and we've progressed with our ability to work with stem cells, we found there are other stem cells available in our own bodies that we can regenerate and either take them back to being almost embryonic-like so they can become any type of cell, or say, you know what, I'm going to use hematopoietic stem cells, so they're from our back bone marrow, and we can use that to treat something else within our bone, or we can actually give them to somebody else. And and provided they don't reject them, they could use them to help cure them. Um, or we could use fat, which are mesenchymal cells, and we have a similar sort of function. So I'll take fat cells from my body. They are they have a, a they are they can become other types of cells. So they'll be considered plori sorry multipotent rather than totipotent. That means they can become lots of different type of tissues, but they can't become every type of tissue like an embryonic stem cell. But there's no ethics, and they can still help my knees, or they can still help something else in my body. So. We have now available to us not quite as good as stem cells, but they're good and they can do the job. And so that's where a lot of our research is going. Um, However, yeah, each country still will have different types of rules and regulations. For instance, I've just said I could take the cell from me and give it to somebody else. It depends what country you're in. So currently in Dubai, we only allow ourselves to use stem cells from ourselves so it's not allowed that we go and we just i can't just say hey james come here have some of my uh, my fat cells which can maybe help your dicky knee uh, we can't do that here in the in, in the uae but in other countries we can likewise there's things that we can do in dubai that we can't do in other countries so every country is at different different stages so hold on a sec i want to just back up here so we have embryonic cells we have bone marrow cells we have fat cells. 
cord blood is that also where we can get we can and the placenta as well right. there's actually you can get them from lots of different parts of the body and they're categorized on how how easily can they or how many different types of things can they become? So you'd start off with totipotent cells, which are embryonic. Then you'd move down to moti, uh, sorry, pluripotent, which again can be like the placenta or whatever. And then you've got multipotent, which usually is mesenchymal, so they're fat cells. Oligopotent, which is usually hematopoietic, which is bone marrow, and they can only really become other set like other blood type cells or you've got a unipotent where they just have one function and that's it they can only become that type of cell again but as i say that and, and you can get them from lots of various parts but it depends how easy it is mm. so getting fat tissue through liposuction is a lot less painful a lot easier than it is to get bone marrow that's a bit more invasive a lot more painful for the person too so it um it depends on finances and, and availability as well and and all stem cells aren't the same so my fat stem cells versus embryonic stem cells it's going to take a lot more to get stem cells from that method is am i correct in that, that thought no it's 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 more than getting bone marrow it's just it's not really that easy and it's okay. it's renowned to be quite uncomfortable for somebody to have their bone marrow taken whereas liposuction it's still pretty invasive you know you still have to be seen by a plastic surgeon a registered plastic surgeon you people sometimes enjoy the benefits of getting liposuction as well because they obviously get some fat removed from a particular area but it's just generally considered a bit easier so you have to also bear that in mind so part of the the expense and why stem cells aren't available for Joe Public usually is there is an expense in extracting the stem cells. Then you've got to multiply them in a lab and then you re-inject them back in. And obviously these these require surgeons. Sometimes they might require anaesthetist potentially, or at least there's decent pain relief. Then you're paying for a lab that is going to keep the stem cells at the right temperature, multiply them. Uh, you know store them until they're ready to come back into to you and then you've got to then go to a clinic to go and be hooked up to cannula and get them put back in so that it, there, there is a large expense still and and how, uh, this is this question is going to lead through but before we get to the lead through the question how long can i store my stem cells for so if i've i've you know gone and done got some out of my bone marrow can i store them indefinitely or do they have a best before date I'm sure they do have a best before date. So it's it's preferred that you would use them sooner rather than later. You have to wait for them to be multiplied first. So say I did liposuction today, in about two, four weeks, they'd be ready to be re-injected. That, that long? Um, um, but it would, yeah, so they have to, be, they've got to sort of be multiplied and ready to go. Uh, however, there will be, I think the longer that you keep them, not, they probably reduce efficiency. And I, I do say probably because I know it varies depending on what type of cell and also on what the lab has available to be, how and how they are able to store them. So I can't, I guess what I'm saying is I can't really answer that question entirely. But what I'm saying is I assume that the sooner you use them, the, the better or the most potent they are. So this brings up the other question then, as we get older, so we're, we're constantly generating these stem cells, whether it be in our fat, whether it be in our bones, our younger stem cells, and this goes back to the embryo, em, embryo question and cord blood and percent placenta and all these things, aren't younger stem cells better than older stem cells? Mostly because, and I'm just this Dr. Google talking, mostly because what the research is suggesting is that as we get older, more toxins start to accumulate into our bodies and start to 
degrade those stem cells so that when we harvest them, multiply them, and re-inject them into our body, they're not as good as they could have been if you know we were a lot younger. There's two, there's two factors to it. So the younger our stem cells are, we're not just even talking about age, we're talking about how, how many different things can they become? How useful are they? And that they can do a whole plethora of things. Because when you inject a stem cell, you inject it, you put it in the body, however, by, by whatever means, you're basically just saying, off you go, figure out what's needed here. So you're not telling, you don't, you don't signal that cell to say, right, there's inflammation. Can you reduce that inflammation? This person needs an improved cartilage in the knee. Can you go off and do it? And the more embryonic the cell, and by embryonic, I mean sort of the younger in its life cycle it is, then the better it's going to be at becoming all the different things that that needs rather than just being able to pick up one or two factors that it can then grow into and become. So that's useful. Also, our cells do age. So as time goes on, our DNA, um, they sort of effectively what they become is a little bit shorter mm. and they, they don't replicate as well as they should as time goes on. So therefore, the youthfulness of the cell is less. So the younger the cell that you can put in, the, I guess the more benefit you get because you're then getting a fresher cell, a cell that hasn't been through that aging process. And you're sort of mm. almost injecting a little bit of youth back into the body. So, yes, yeah, you're totally right in what you're saying. The younger the cell, the, the better. And, but and for two different reasons. For two different reasons. And I, I wanted to jump back. Could, if, if in our family, could my stem cells work for my kids or my kids' stem cells work with me? Or is it like blood and certain blood types work with certain people? Do we have to, compatibility has to be tested for? It doesn't tend to be compatibility tested. So theoretically, you could give me stem cells, I could give you stem cells. However, you also have got to worry any time that you have an allergenic cell that's passed on. That um, So from one person to another... That, um, that there still could be sort of host versus graft rejection. So there is a higher chance that the immune system will start to break, break cells down. It doesn't quite work like blood cells where certain people are compatible and certain people aren't. It's just you usually find that the further out of the genetic environment, so if I was to share cells with my brother, he'd be more likely to accept them than, than someone from yourself because, I mean, we're from whole different backgrounds and yeah, countries, yeah. et cetera. So usually, usually the closer within your family, the better. Um, but however, that does change. Um, uh, you still can get uh, gen- genetic siblings that can still have rejection. And hence why the ideal situation is that you do sort of keep it within. It's a, it's a cell that's come from yourself. Yeah. I, I mean, I just find this really curious, right? Because there seems to be so many good possibilities from having stem cells and storing them up for a while just in case, yet there still seems to be generally, and I'm speaking in general, maybe it's just the circles I am, I'm in, some reticence to diving into that avenue of medicine and using stem cells. But on the other hand, we've heard great success stories. And why, why do you think that's going on? What do you think's going on there? You mean, why is the resistance still, considering yeah. they are so useful? Yeah. I guess, well, nothing is without a cost. And whether that is a financial cost, whether that's a risk, you're still inviting people to come in and have potentially invasive procedures in order to extract the stem cells. You've still got all the ethics that goes with the use of embryonic cells. 
And for instance, in certain countries, I think it's the USA now, you can dabble around with embryonic stem cells as long as that is an embryo that was never going to be able to come alive for whatever reason that may be. Um, But you also have sort of suspected risk at this stage. There have been a number of case reports of people that have had injections of stem cells where the cell has gone on to create a mass as as opposed to doing what the job it was intended for. So, for instance, there was a case of a gentleman who had had stem cells taken from the lining of his nose and injected into his back to help with his back pain. I can't remember the exact specific problem he had with his back, but it did a good job at helping the back pain. But likewise, he also then developed a mass within his back, which could be linked back to the type of cell that was extracted from his nasal mucosa. So... I think there are cases like this and they believe it's more potent with embryonic type tissue because it has the ability to grow more rapidly and um, to basically to create growth. So, you know, there's things like this that are signaling we've got to make sure we've done the research and then you counter that with invasive procedures, risks that go with those, the cost financially. And also, is there just enough research and development going into it? Usually places like the UK, there is a finite pot of money and it's what do you do? Do you try and treat all these people with cancer? Do you try and treat all these people that are suffering with COPD? Or do you put the research and development into stem cells, which are a little bit tricky to to use for the mass public? Mm. It's it's a, an interesting conversation all around for sure. And when, when we talk about that whole research side and we talk about putting the money into it and we just talk about collecting materials for stem cell research i i mean you recently had had children i mean not so recently you recently had a child and you had a couple boys did did was there any thought with you of of keeping you know the cord keeping the placenta for stem cell research or stem cell use yourself do you know, personal it was, question it was that. suggested. <laughs> yeah. It was suggested at the time, and I guess the thing is, although I, I mean, I'm interested in stem cells. The it's kind of like the unknown, still, isn't it? Well, mm. what, what am I going to do with them? I'm going to pay all this money. They're going to have them stop. What really should I do? And I think, had I known as much as I know now, having sort of more recently dabbled around with stem cells again, I think I'd, I'd definitely have looked into it or researched it further. But for most people, you just think, gosh, it's you're busy, you're stressed, you're about to have a baby. It's not the done thing, is it? Like, Likewise, I'm not going to go home and eat my placenta, which I know they do in some places as well. It's yeah. not the done the done thing. So you just kind of go with the flow. No, it's fine. Chuck it, chuck it away. Um, and I think it's more of an, a lack of education. And that's from somebody who hasn't worked with stem cells for years. I'm still saying I'm not sure whether I would because I don't really know enough about about it to then go and harvest a load of money on a day that I'm in labour. Yeah. I guess you just don't really think about it enough. So, yeah. so yes, probably should have started looking at it more again recently. Maybe I would have looked into it a little bit further for myself and my personal use. I'm always, I'm really interested in the, the side of it that we start talking cosmetics or, you know, there's the cosmetic side and then there's the side, you know, knees, hips, those, you know, those kind of articulating parts of our bodies that tend to break down as we as we age. Stem cells have shown, as we talked about right at the start of this podcast and a previous show that we did on the radio on Dubai Eye, talking literally about how stem cells can rapidly 
speed up recovery and and uh, the the repair of joints and ligaments, etc. I, I find those two areas really exciting, and and I think when we get into very specific areas, stem cells becomes less. Uh, stem cell therapies become less. I don't know, forbidden? Is that the right word? It's not forbidden, and there is definitely research taking place. I guess it's just that we don't have the numbers yet. Mm. So, for instance, I know that in Dubai they were doing a study where they took people with sort of the beginning of something called COPD, which we've talked about in the past, usually smokers that have had it, it's chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and they gave stem cells to effectively reverse the first stage of COPD, and they've had really good results. I don't think it's all typed up or written yet. But like that's so exciting. Um, they've also given it to people that have got severe long-term gut issues and they have found from inflammatory markers that the inflammation has managed to reduce for the first time in many, many years. That you know, there are things that are starting, but because it's not mainstream, yeah. we don't people are a little bit anxious, aren't they? In the UK, I know that we, uh, I have friends, in fact, that are at the point where they're trying new stem cells for oncology. So at the moment, their prognosis is maybe 12 months, but we can enroll you onto a program where we look at stem cells and see sort of what happens in, in 12 months' time. How's things going? Have we managed to prolong life? So it is being used for everything. I know you can inject it into the myocytes to try and help myocardial tissue repair, but it's all quite novel, isn't it, at the moment? Mm-hmm. It's all very, very early stage. I know one thing that is really growing legs, especially here in the UAE, is to inject do an IV injection for stem cells and really? to just generally give a pan information, sorry, production of inflammation in the body. And that's that's really exciting. And it is expensive. It's maybe what, maybe 90,000 dirhams? It's not so How much? cheap. 90,000 dirhams? Yeah. And, and that, it's, not, it's not cheap. So for general inflammation in the body, and, and does it have a, what, what's, these, what's the efficacy rate of something like that? Do you have any ideas? No, and again, that, that's what's happening at the moment is collecting data. Even Dr. George John, he's just a stem cell injection every day. And I said, have you published your research yet? He said, I don't have the numbers yet to really create a really cool um, piece of research. So he's got enough that you could maybe give a prelim- preliminary look at this is the use of stem cells yeah. um, for joint injections, etc. And there, there are bits and bobs that are out there. But it's not like there's enough that it has become the main stay of treatment and therefore the price will start to get uh, pushed down a little. So it's really expensive. But I just know that from speaking to people that have had them and speaking to the people that offer them, they're, they're keen to continue. I think once you start, you, it's like box of Pringles. Once you pop, you don't stop. <laughs> is, is the education into this, so as doctors that are training, like you're, you're obviously – well past your residency and well past Sadly. your, your education, but you, I mean, you're you're still in touch with people working in those fields. Is is stem cell becoming a, a stem cell theory and and stem cell application and stem cell use becoming more common in medical education, or is it still a, a, a real you know outlier? I don't know whether it's been written into the medical school curriculum. I'm sure it has. I'm sure they would touch on it. I think it'd be crazy that they don't, especially when, if you look now, that people are being offered regular trials in the UK for the use in oncology. So for sure, stem cells must be, but I don't. I can't say for sure that they are. I just think it'd be quite negative if it's not, because it's, it is making an appearance in a lot of medical fields, especially something as well like orthopedics you've just talked about. 
So I'm sure it is. For doctors generally, we would get maybe seminar posters, education, come and enroll in this course, come and learn about IV stem cells. So it's more, it's out there. We're being encouraged to get involved and to educate ourselves, but also we have to pick up some money to go and enroll ourselves on this course. It's not quite yet to the point, for instance, with COVID, for instance, it was, there's a free seminar on COVID, please come along because it's the necessity that we need to teach you about this straight away. It's in our benefit that you learn about COVID similar with people that are looking at cardiovascular disease there's often free seminars and things like that that we can go and educate ourselves on at the moment it's here's some information about stem cells but look you've got to be motivated to go and learn about it when i think of as you were saying the change that's come about i i think george john and and the, the conversations that that we had a while back and maybe the best the best salespeople for these therapies are the people who've gone through them because I, I remember him mentioning that it's such an accelerated repair. It's such an accelerated recovery from you know injury that it's it's extraordinary. It's it's just why wouldn't you pay that that money for something that's gonna take months and off of of getting back to what you do and I guess that's it isn't it if someone said to you James this treatment's going to sort you out you should definitely do this do this there's no downsides to do it I don't know about you but I would be anxious because yeah. I think where's the downside yeah well I mean the, what, the one side the always be there's got to be something that's not you know what nothing is if, if something sounds too good to be true it probably is so I'd, I'd constantly be thinking that and and then the second side is kind of like LASIK eye surgery, right? Well, it's still experimental, and you know, and you know what's going to happen ten years down the road when you've had laser eye surgery. I had LASIK eye <laughs> surgery ten years ago, and I'm still twenty twenty vision, but it altered the the altered my vision. And I, I agree with you, Mother Nature is just not that kind. She always takes something back if she gives you something, and. I agree with you. And there are cases that are concerning. There are people that also stand out to say, I deal with stem cells and I'm an oncologist and I won't be getting involved with stem cells in the future. But if you speak to labs and talk to them about stem cells, they'll be saying there's not enough data to say to link these cases with the injection of the stem cells. So I think until this debate has been had and more numbers of people that have been brave enough to want to go and use stem cells and reap the great rewards that they do offer, yeah. you're not going to get the mass public engaging at this stage. I, I think the you know that's those it's the ethical arguments that keep coming to the top. Forget about the the practical experience the practical examples of success that ethical argument seems to sway people and when i talk to this with people it's yeah but is this ethical and then they'll go into that big discussion of you know are we playing god are we manipulating our bodies in ways that they were never intended to be manipulated and is that right is that okay is and it's like well you know where do you end where do you end with that I think there's much less of an ethical debate if it's something from your own body. If someone offered for free to take fat cells from me and inject them into whether it's an IV drip or into an area that wasn't quite perfect, I'd take them up on the offer. I think there's a much lower risk when it's something from yourself. And it's not even the risks. It's not even just that. It's also, as you said, it's the ethical. I, I I'd feel a lot more uncomfortable if it was an embryo 
that was there sitting, even yeah. if it was going to not necessarily go on to, to be anyone in the future, I'd feel very uncomfortable with that. And I think a lot of people would find it hard to get their head around. Um, but yeah, come, please, anyone's <laughs> welcome to come and use me as a guinea pig because I do believe, I genuinely do believe in the results. I just understand that people are going to be dubious at this stage. Yeah. I think we're right to question. We're right to do our homework, but also accept that people are getting great results and stem cells are there. They're healing, they're healing cells. That's what they're there for. I, I did not Google when we started talking about, in the in the medical community, when we started talking about stem cell research and stem cell therapy, but I'm thinking it's over 30 years. And, and hasn't this kind of therapy been used in the veterinary sciences for even longer than that like this is it's not new new stem cell therapies they no it's not i mean gosh i remember even hearing about it when i was a lot younger it was they can make a kidney these days have you heard that you can make a kidney in a, in a petri dish so i know it's been going on for a long time i think it's just starting to make more media attention because it's becoming that little bit more accepted as i said within the medical field and i mean we have been using stem cells topically for a while I've, I remember many years ago, I used, gosh, it was bovine circumcised cells. Can you believe? No. And it smelt stunk in the jaw. And if you speak to any true uh, lab, they would say they're not stem cells because they've died. You can't keep them at room temperature like that. However, they are also mixed in with growth factors and all these wonderful other nutrients that keep the had kept the cell alive and applying them to your face can give great results. So it's not just the stem cells. It's what the stem cells come with as well. And, and the results were great. It's the first time my husband's ever commented on my skin. Um, so we've used and that was crazy ways of using stem cells that... Yeah. You know, when it's not going inside your body, it's just on the outside. It's a bit more accepted, isn't it? I, I just did a, a quick Google search and it said scientists discover ways to derive embryonic stem cells from early mouse embryos nearly 30 years ago. So 1981. Well done, James. So, that's so, it. so I'm looking at that going, that's not very long. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you said there about 30 years. So yeah. I'm impressed with the yeah. guess. So about 30 years and then uh, only 19. 1990- 30 years isn't, isn't that long for you. It's a bit longer for me. <laughs> 1981. I'm going, that was good music in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I wasn't here, but 1981. Yes. Yeah, so it's just over 30 years. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. As you said, the, the whole application of these therapies, you know, for, for uh, aesthetics is incredible. And I've, I've seen creams and things and stuff that talk about, about using versions of, of stem cell therapies and stem cells and things to, and like you said, with your, your husband, it seems to work at least in in a, a short term quick fix for for us again hugely they, they, expensive they definitely though definitely do I, I have a little bit of issue with it being advertised as stem cell serums because although they are stem cells i did write a paper years ago on stem cell moisturizers and the difficulty is is that you can't keep a cell alive in a yeah. pot and certainly not for a long time. And even though they say use it within the month, still, is it the stem cells? How would they even be absorbed by the skin? However, everything that it comes with can still do absolute wonders. So 
let's not just let's not neglect the fact that it's not just the stem cell doing the work it's often the nutrients and the growth factors that come with the stem cells that also help so even if the stem cells aren't necessarily on their a game everything else that comes with them will definitely improve where they're injected to yeah which is kind of interesting so where does that leave us jenna when we're talking about stem cells what uh, I'd like to say I understand people's hesitation with them. I understand that, and I think it's right that it's taken a while for them to come out and to stop being used. I still appreciate why they're not in mainstay treatments at the moment. It's not what the general population would use. And that's partially as well, let's, let's be honest, even the more maverick of people that are up for just trying anything would be put off by the cost. However, I think it's really exciting. It is something that I harvest an interest in and have done for a long time. I'd be up for using them to a certain extent, depending on what forum. And I hope that research continues in using them from our bodies. I understand the ethical issue with the embryonic. However, I'm sure there are some great uses that will continue to be used from those for those that are willing to allow it. But for me, I'm just really excited at what things, how we can start to regenerate ourselves, even if it's just to a a lesser extent and you know what on that note we're gonna we're gonna take the shingle off the door and we're gonna say goodbye for now and when we come back we're gonna do it all again on doc talk demystifying the world of medicine with dr jenna burton jenna thank you very much thank you james see you next week